Welcome to the Totally Mental Podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Hannah. We're going to try something a little bit different this week now that we're getting into our groove. Yeah. So we want to share just kind of what we're feeling, what our week's been like, what's kind of our biggest shame that we've been feeling. Say my shame, say my shame. When no one is around you, (laughs) say baby, baby, I love you. you. Okay. (laughs) But so we want to do this because as our mother and savior, Brene Brown says, (laughs) when you, Jesus, Mary, Joseph and Brene Brene Brown, Brown. (laughs) when you bring shame to light, it takes away its power. So that's what we're going to do. So Em, how are you feeling? What's up? Okay, so I'm so today is Tuesday night. So our episode's going live tomorrow, episode four. So we're recording episode five. Right. And I'm feeling raw, baby. Definitely feeling like excited for it to go out. But anybody listened to episode four knows that it was about cheating and like my experience getting back into a relationship after infidelity was involved. And I don't know. I just feel like scared to like share that. And also I'm like, do people want to listen to this? Like who really cares about like I don't know, just all the voices, yeah, you know. Totally. So, um, had a lot of had a lot of self pep talks with myself today, um, and you know, just generally nervous how it's going to be received. Yeah, a hundred percent. I felt the same way with the depression episode. It was yeah. just like, wow, please shut the fuck up. Like nobody wants to hear you. <laughs> yeah. You're a weak baby child. Yeah. Literally like I was home, uh, doing some stuff today and I was like, I should just record like a little story today because I'm going to be so anxious tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I tried to like record like a little blurb, like 427 times. And I was like, it's just so awkward about it, you know? <laughs> so I'm just going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm just going to probably do it super sweaty and gross, but like, I'll just be too tired to like think about it. You yeah. Know? But I think that's great. And I also think that like we get in our head so much about like have to look perfect or whatever to yes. film these things. And then like I do it when I look like hideous and people respond so much more. It's just like be normal. You yeah. Know? Cause we're all hideous at home, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I never look good. I look good. Like one night every two weeks. Yeah. And that doesn't work for social media. After a full hour of hair and makeup. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's totally. a lot of effort. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What are you feeling shamey about? Oh my gosh. Um, a lot of things, <laughs> but uh, mostly I, yeah. So this is coming out next week, but today I like yesterday was good. I felt good about my weekend. I was like feeling good. Um, but I definitely have had some stress building and today I woke up just in like a bad place. Like I don't even know why I had such a weird, like crazy stress dream last night that I was just like failing at work, failing at school, like failing my friends, like disappointing everybody. Then I was like, okay, sometimes, you know, I'll wake up in like a fog and then get my coffee, get some food going and get into work and feel better. And I just wasn't. And I was like, I need to leave. And I was like, I'm going to go home and pet Nala for 10 minutes on my lunch and then drive 30 minutes back. Mm -hmm. And then when I left work, I was like, I can't, I don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I need to take half a day. And so I texted my boss and said I didn't feel good. And, and I really didn't like my stomach was so upset too, but also why do I just, why did I just now have to clarify that I physically felt sick? It's fine that I didn't feel well mentally and needed to go home for half a day. I didn't have any meetings. There was nothing that was, that's what I'm feeling shame about. 
Yeah. And especially for you to feel like here at safe space. You know? I know. Well, and it's just like thinking about it like, I don't know, this idea that you have to be like dying to take a sick day. Totally. And by me taking half a day today, I'm going to be able to go back tomorrow. Exactly. Because like I needed to do that. I needed to go home and shower and nap and like feed myself and take care of myself so that I feel better tomorrow and can actually come back with like a clear head. Yeah. And you can show up for your work and do a great job and feel present. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause today I was just like trying not to fall over and die. Cry. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You're just trying not to sign off with tears exactly. <laughs> on paperwork. Like- totally. Um, I think that's like such a good point. Cause you can acknowledge in your head and like see how, it's so valid just like not even just but it's so valid to take a mental health day right but then you still exist in this corporate world where there's like stigma around yeah it, and you that's know? the thing is like I can say it it's like that meme that's been going around that's like it's okay not to be okay but yeah not when it's inconvenient inconvenient or when it bothers everybody else or like affects- between the hours of nine to five like, yeah when it affects your productivity it's not okay to exactly. not be exactly okay. it's only okay to be not okay when you have nothing else going on and it doesn't affect anybody else on which Saturday just, exactly which yep. is just like no this happens sometimes and you need to be able to address it so that's what I'm feeling a little uncomfy about a little shame but we are staring shame in the face and telling her to fuck off She's got light on her and turns out she's not that big. Yeah. She's just a little little scrawny little bitch. Embarrassing. Embarrassing for you. Honestly, really, (laughs) you should be embarrassed. (laughs) Okay, so now that we have set our shame and brought it to light for everybody, we're just going to dig in a little bit more and talk about body image. So today we're talking about our experiences with our own body images, how social media affects it beauty standards and how they change and the ways everybody's body image is affected. Just a reminder, as with any of our other episodes, we are not qualified professionals and we're not giving any advice here. We are just sharing our experiences. So especially with a subject like this, that is so widespread and varied in the way it affects people, we can really only speak from our experience and from the research that we did, which is mostly from the National Eating Disorder Association. So anything that like some of our stats that are coming up, that's where we got it from. Yeah. And uh, we will be talking about eating disorders like anorexia and bulimia. So if that's a trigger for anybody, just be aware of that up top. Um, Just again, based on our own experiences. So zero professional credentials on this side of the street, but uh, (laughs) personal experiences are vast. (laughs) So we will start just by uh, defining what body image is and um, how to identify it. So body image is described um, as how you see yourself when you look in the mirror or when you're you picture yourself in your mind. And so it encompasses what you believe about your own appearance, how you feel about your body, including your height, shape, and weight, and how you physically experience or feel in your body. So Hannah, can you just take us through some statistics and give us a general like 30,000 foot above perspective on how body image affects everybody? (laughs) Yeah. So obviously we are two women. So we're coming to this from the female perspective, but that's why I kind of wanted to include some of these stats to really give some credibility behind what we're talking about. And we are going to acknowledge all perspectives here. Okay. So by age six, girls especially start to express concerns about their own weight or shape. And about 50% of girls 
ages six to 12 are concerned about their weight or about becoming too fat. Six to 12. So crazy. Six years old. They should be playing in a sandbox. And that number just grows as they get older. So 78% of girls by the time they reach 17 are worried about their weight or becoming too fat. Mm-hmm. One half of teenage girls and nearly a third of teenage boys use unhealthy weight control behaviors like skipping meals, fasting, smoking cigarettes, vomiting, and taking laxatives. I also know like I witnessed a lot of guys in high school doing like unhealthy ways to gain weight because Mm -hmm. they were told they were too skinny, just like chugging multiple milkshakes a day and like a gallon of milk. Totally. So body image concerns affect all of us in different ways. Yeah. I mean, anybody that has a body has a body image. And so one of the things that we did want to touch on um, is the male perspective. And we'll do a whole episode on the male perspective because we do have like a few males. I think we would want to like weigh in on this. Males. Men. The male perspective is often overlooked in this conversation and the pressures are different around the male body, but they definitely still exist. Um, And statistically, 34% of men are dissatisfied with their body. Yeah, 100%. And I just want to call out now officially because now I'll have to do it. My friend Paul, our friend now, he is an awesome, awesome leader in men talking about mental health, mental illness, and body image issues. And there really just are not that many people out there talking about that, like not that many men talking about it. And we really want to talk about that, but talk about it in a credible way. And we just can't speak to something that we don't experience ourselves. We're not men. So we really want to address that in a credible way, in a way that is, you know, understanding and respectful of the male experience. So we're going to get our friend from across the pond on the pod once we can figure out the time difference. (laughs) Right. We're just probably gonna have to record at like 3 a.m. Yeah. Which I'm not mad about. Actually like 3 p.m. Okay. Is like early in the morning his time. If there's eight hours, so they're behind us. I don't know. Actually, I fucked it up. I don't know it. That's why (laughs) I have to figure it out before we can record together. So body image is something that we all have. Having a negative body image and other factors can lead to suffering from eating disorders. National surveys estimate that 20 million women and 10 million men in America will have an eating disorder at some point in their lives. So we're going to talk about our experiences, which does include some anorexia and bulimia. If that's uncomfortable for you or triggers some uncomfy feelings, feel free to skip this episode. Again, we're not experts or giving any advice here. We're just normalizing the combo. Absolutely. Let's do it. So, Em, when did you first become aware of your body image? Yes. So, um, you and I have different experiences here. So, um, I have like this, I have a specific memory of when I was like, oh, there is a desirable situation when it comes to our bodies. I was always a really active kid. My parents put me in sports all year round. So I never really, like, I was always like able-bodied, you know, but there was one specific moment where I was around an an adult woman and she was looking in the mirror and calling herself fat. And this was a woman that I would have otherwise identified as like a really beautiful woman, you know, or just somebody that I looked up to. Like I was afraid of all adults as a kid. So I just was like, I respect you because you're taller and older than me. (laughs) Um, And so... That is like such a pinnacle moment when I started thinking about like, okay, so there is a positive and a negative around body image. And I started becoming really aware of like, 
just food and like what was good and what was bad around food. And that developed when I was 14 into, you know, an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. mostly like restricting food and overworking out and stuff like that. So my first experience in therapy was to help myself with confidence, which is how I described it at the time. But then my therapist helped me give verbiage around it, which Mm -hmm. was like an eating disorder and anorexia. I never like would go, I didn't go days without food. Mm -hmm. I was still a year round athlete in high school. And so that just, I think I probably would have actually like passed out at practices and stuff if I wouldn't have eaten. So I ate just enough to feel like I could have energy to like do the workouts and stuff. But if I didn't feel like I worked out enough in practice or in, in games, I would go home and run on the treadmill for an hour. Um, and so that's how like my negative body image materialized in high school. I started to work through a lot of it in therapy. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I had a really strong sense of confidence and identity in myself, mostly because of like the fact that I felt like I was really being true to myself. I was going to college in California. I felt really proud of myself for like going so far out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. But there was that like negative body image stayed with me, even though I was eating more, you know, it was still like, I was just always consciously aware of what I was putting into my body. And like, you know, in high school, I would, I would have one special K bar in the morning and we talked about the the special K diet. diet. I would go on and off of it. Oh yeah. We, I think Every girl did in yeah. high school, or most of us anyways, like, yeah. would sit at the lunch table and just have a little special K bar. Yeah. 90 calories. I still remember it. Um, I mean, it's literally just sugar. It's, yeah, it's like fake grains. Like, right. yeah, so sugar. Ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. it tastes, like, the cereal tastes good. Oh, I, like, could still fuck with, like, a special K strawberry situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, not for the whole day. Not exclusively. It was well, ridiculous. The diet itself is just insane. I mean, like it's low calorie, but like there's zero nutritional value exactly. in it. And it's literally just a marketing ploy. Yeah. Like, You're just like only buy our products it's, and you'll be skinny. It's the special case pyramid scheme, basically. Oh my God, it's an MLM. But it's sold in grocery stores. It's a fucking cult. And we're act, like, we're willingly buying this shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're the problem. So, <laughs> so yes. I'm that so, rabbit hole. <laughs> like I remember like that, that would be my breakfast every day. I would have an apple and a banana at lunch. That was it. And then I would eat like part of a chicken breast for dinner and like two bites of mashed potatoes, like enough to like give my mom the plate back because she did all of our dishes in in school. (laughs) Your mom is an angel. She's an absolute superwoman. But like, I remember feeling like, like people asked me and would talk to my parents about how thin I was in high school and I loved it. Oh yeah. It's like validating. I wanted people to tell me I was so skinny. Mm -hmm. I wanted people to tell me that I was so thin. Like, are you okay? Are you eating enough? And I would be like, yeah, like I'm fine. I'm fine. And then you're yeah. like, yes. But I also was going through some deep, heavy shit that I like wanted people to like know that I was like right. suffering. Yeah. Of how thin I was. Yeah. So that was like fucked. But through therapy, thankfully, like I did learn the verbiage around it. And even though I didn't totally heal my relationship with myself and food, I was definitely making steps in the right direction. And when I went to college, I continued to like seek resources. So I, one of my first like groups that I got involved with in college was, uh, about like body positivity. And that was like my first like introduction to like body positivity. And what does that even mean? And body neutrality, like everybody has a body period. Right. You can look at your arm without so many opinions about it. Right. You have an arm period done. Let's move on yes. now, you know, but the way that I like gave myself confidence through like a negative body image in high school and college was by 
hyping myself for things that were not related to it. Like I would say like, well, you hate your body, but you're, you're here. Like, good job. You made it to California. Like you're in this amazing like situation. You're working so hard. Right. You're just like, but I'm good in these other ways. Yeah. And my therapist also described this as saying, um, that's like trying to solve an algebra problem by putting gas in your car. Like you you have to identify and work at the problem, you know? And I'll always remember that because I still sometimes will do that. Like I'll skirt around the issue because it's really uncomfy to be like, I hate myself. Mm -hmm. So like, let's work through that, you know? It is. That's an uncomfy thing. I'll just go for a run or I'll just go acknowledge, you know, whatever. I'll go get some endorphins somewhere and that won't actually solve the problem, but it'll make me feel good right now. Right. So that was a a thing for a really long time. And I feel like that followed me all throughout college. I did. Um, I, I don't know. I, nobody ever said to me that I had bulimia in college, but I, I made myself throw up 10 to 20 times. I would binge and then purge. Um, I think that was probably like a control thing. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to feel cause I, I felt so out of control in college with my weight. Like I just didn't know how to grocery shop or like feed eat myself. Yourself. So I literally would eat like pita and hummus and like ham right <laughs> and she's like I just didn't know the I, stories of what you and Ashley <laughs> ate oh as God. like your like amazing meals when you had like three dollars to buy yourself a rotisserie chicken and like mac and cheese okay first of all the rotisserie chicken and boxed potatoes oh yes were everything yes. but like in college I would eat <laughs> this is so gross I would eat brownie mix I would pour brownie mix in a bowl and put water in it and eat it <laughs> <laughs> honestly that's not that gross yeah, I don't know. I do that. Yeah, so throughout college that happened, but I I did recognize that that was happening. That was very unhealthy early on. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't stay. Like I I think I did it, yeah, like 10 times maybe throughout college and was talking about it in therapy and like acknowledging it. Yeah. So it really honestly like wasn't until a few years ago. And obviously like, I think body image is always going to be like a journey. Exactly. Like your relationship with your body image, like changes, it fluctuates back and forth. It's, you don't have to be like, Oh no, I'm healed. No. And I was unhealthy in college. Like I think as many people go through, like you don't know how to feed yourself nutrition and like, and it's, you're poor. Like nobody knows how to, I mean, some people do, I guess, but like that was not a skill set that I had. Yeah, no, it's a pretty common like college trope. Yeah. Freshman 15, ever heard of her? Like, and like something that we were talking about earlier is like when you go through, when you get older, there is like that second puberty. Like, so how much is it? And you can talk more about this, but like, what is, how much is it like I'm gaining weight because of my lifestyle or this is part of growing Growing. into myself as a woman? So now I feel like I'm in the healthiest place I've ever been with my body, but I still have bad body image days. Like we were just talking the other day. I was like, I just don't feel good in my body. I was on my period. I felt super bloated. I didn't feel cute. I didn't feel sexy. And no matter how many times I do a crunch at the gym or like I I work out now because it gives me endorphins and I just, I do genuinely really like to work out. Mm. I finally feel like I'm in a healthy place with that where I'm, you know, I don't think it's wrong to want to work out to like lurk a certain way. Like hundred percent. That's part of my motivation, but like it isn't the whole story anymore, which is why I think I'm able to be a lot more consistent with yeah, it for sure. But it is such a journey, like not to be so whatever, no, but is. like it's so back and forth. And I just think like, especially when you come from like, like a, a background or like an experience where 
you were so restrictive for so long, you know, like I just think getting away from that mentality, even if you don't physically act it out, it's still there inside your mind. Well, yeah. And that's like the same thing with almost anything like these internalized stigmas or thoughts that we have and tell ourselves we get to a point where we recognize them and we don't believe them anymore Mm -hmm. and we can combat them, but they don't, I mean, at least I don't know. Maybe one day they will, but they don't go away completely. You just have them and then you look at it and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't believe that anymore. Exactly. The the power over you becomes less and less the more you grow through it, but it's definitely such a process. Totally. Yeah, for sure. What about you? What was your experience? Yeah. So I don't really have like a first memory of like being aware of my body and looking at it in that way. I do remember just as a kid, I was so small. First of all, I was such a picky eater and I had anxiety from like the day I took my first breath. And (laughs) (laughs) pictures of you as a kid are like some of my favorite things to look at, honestly. Just in such an endearing way. (laughs) Just out here afraid of everything and glued to your mom. And your face, your face just like tells a story. I'm going to post it on yes. our Instagram now when this episode comes out. You yes. Guys, it's not, it looks like Sarah McLaughlin should be singing in the background. <laughs> Just put it like put that music to the background yes. of it. It'll be so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so as a kid, like I was such a picky eater and just like so anxious all the time. So I would pretty much only eat yogurt. My best friend, Amanda, um, and like our sisters used to make fun of me for only eating yogurt. You and still love yogurt. It, it is very calming to me. <laughs> Good for the acid. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's easy to swallow when your throat is hurts from constricting from trying not to cry. <laughs> right. Right. Good <laughs> for the muscles. Which is an experience I've had often. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I was really small. And also it was just genetic. So it was, it was normal in my family for me to be like that skinny but people always commented on it and I felt good being like small and like I got attention for it cause I was the baby. Mm-hmm. And then as I started to grow and like people around me started to grow, I do remember my first like body insecurity was being insecure that I wasn't developing as fast as like my friends around me. So like I was a two by four for years And my friends, you know, like got their period, had boobs, wore bras, all this stuff. And like, I didn't need to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I didn't like, I didn't get my period till I was 14, which is like a normal age range, but a lot of people get it younger. Yeah. So I was just like kind of more of a late bloomer and I was just like flat. And towards like junior and senior year of high school, once I did start to develop then and like go through puberty or whatever, you get kind of like that line under your stomach and the little like pouch that is just like normal and natural for women to have. It's literally there to protect your fucking uterus. Yep. But the ideal body type was like flat stomach, skin and bones. And I remember when that happened, I would just stare at myself in the mirror from the side Mm -hmm. and like pinch the part that stuck out and just be like, if I could just cut this off. I, I would be perfect. Yeah, I did that too. I remember like one of the first times I ever got drunk in high school because I was a young drinker. Mm-hmm. I like talked to my best friend about that and I was like, I hate this little pouch. And she was like, oh yeah, the pouch. 
you know, like teenage girls are such assholes, you know? And I was like, yeah, you notice it. And she's like, yeah, because low rise jeans were like the thing. Oh my God, I know the worst. Yeah. Paris Hilton. Oh, please. No. But like, that was the body type. That was so great. So it's like, everybody's trying to be out here without the pouch, but it's like, literally that is uh, physiological. We will never get rid of that. And you remember like people talking about like muffin top? Yes. Oh Oh my my God. God. Terrified of the muffin top. Uh, But yeah, so like that started to happen. And then when I went to college is when my body really started to change. When I was 18, I was still pretty like a cup, you know, like my hips had not come in yet, that kind of stuff. And hips weren't lying yet. Yes, exactly. Towards the end of college, like junior and senior year, I definitely started, my body started to change. Like my hips got bigger and I did like gain weight. And I don't know. I mean, like I definitely wasn't eating great. I was in college, you know, Mm -hmm. like I wasn't eating any differently than I had been though, but like my body was changing. And so I was really insecure about that. And like the things I wore and looked, and especially in college, like you're supposed to be this like hot little, like in all these little clothes and stuff. And Towards the end, I was just like, I can't wear the same things that I used to like a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And then after college, I definitely gained weight and struggled with that. And that's where like I really started to just like be so mean to myself, you know, just staring at myself in the mirror being like, how did you get here? Like, how did you let yourself get here? And like just talking to myself in such a bad way, because I mean, I wasn't the healthiest eater. I'm still not. I'm better. (laughs) But that chicken shawarma is doing wonders for you. How Big Harvest saves me. I haven't been to Taco Bell in so long. I don't even remember the last time I went. I used to go twice a week. So we're growing. But I remember just being so upset every single time that I had to like go up a size in pants or anything like that and just being so mean to myself. Mm-hmm. And that has changed. You know, my weight has fluctuated and I've kind of just realized that it will always fluctuate. You know, your body's never going to be the same. Yeah. So like I gained weight and then I lost a bunch of weight after my ex broke up with me and that was in a really unhealthy way. But I was like, oh, I'm skinny. Mm-hmm. At least I'm skinny. I'm That's miserable. like the breakup bod. We've ta- exactly. we talked about that in the breakup episode. Yeah, exactly. And so then when I started to gain weight again after that, I was like, oh, fuck. You know, but it was like, oh, I'm actually okay now. Yeah. And can eat actually. So it's kind of trying to find, um, you know, a balance for me at least of being like, I want to be healthy and happy, like with my body, which, you know, changes every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what we were talking about earlier, where like you get to a place where your body, you're like feeding it what feels good and like you get to that place and then when your body is naturally how it should be then that's how it should be and it's such a bummer that certain standards are set for us that are not realistic for our body type and why is that type beautiful over another right who decided that seriously and like if you think about I saw this post once on Instagram that was like if you think about like your body is just out here trying to like keep you alive and you're like oh but you don't fit into this small box idea that I have for you. Like, Oh, sorry. Like I'm doing the best I can. Sorry that I don't fit into what this random ass magazine says. (laughs) Yeah. For for serious. Serious. (laughs) It's so true. Like, Oh, sorry. Like your arm, like my arm is too big. Like, I'm sorry. sorry, You're healthy and alive and you can lift stuff. Yeah. I have how many bones? 206 or something. Bones, 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 bones. <laughs> I don't know. And all these systems, like 
to think our bodies are self-sustaining and like our bodies are 96 degrees or however many degrees they are <laughs> because of the work that they do to like, can you imagine? It's hot in here. We're working hard. What caused that? To, yeah, it's something to be 98 degrees. Okay, listen, we're not scientists. <laughs> no, clearly. It is what it is, okay? <laughs> but I do think it's such a good point to talk about just how we had these ideas of what we were supposed to look like at a young age and social media wasn't even really a thing yet. I know. How old were you when you got your first social media page? Um. Well, I was... Um, in the eighth grade when I got a Facebook and I lied and Facebook? said, yeah, I lied and said I was in, oh no, 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 I had MySpace. I had MySpace. MySpace. Yeah. yeah. I had MySpace in like sixth grade probably. Okay. Whenever that started, I don't know. Yeah. So MySpace, but MySpace was so much for me. Like I only looked at people who I went to school with. Right. Or like new in the area. So like I wasn't seeing like models and other people who had like totally unattainable bodies. Exactly. I was still wearing pre-wrap in my hair and like low ponytails. Right. <laughs> You're like, I was still cutting my lip on my braces four times a week. A hundred percent I was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I think that like, even then we had such ideas of what body was supposed to look like. And that came from like, you know, magazines, TV, movies, that kind of stuff. And now, I mean, it's just a hundred times more out there with social media. I mean, yeah. it affects me and I'm not even, you know, like a teenager anymore. So I just think that social media totally affects how much we compare our bodies to other people's bodies. And it sets these unrealistic goals for like what an ideal body type is not only because there's so many different ones out there and like specific ones get praised, but also because like people are editing the shit out of stuff and then they're also editing the shit out of their bodies by like having plastic surgery and stuff. And you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Ariel Laurie talks about this on her podcast, The Blonde Files. Okay. Um, she talks about with a lot of like different plastic surgeons because she's really open about the procedures that she's gotten right. to. And um, it is so interesting to learn about what procedures are out there to create these specific looks mm -hmm. that are being promoted as like the product of skims or like the product oh, of like a yeah. tea or like whatever it is. Don't and us, Kim Kardashian. But like plastic surgeons are on her podcast saying like this is not a realistic body type. Like this, you cannot have this look from doing these exercises. You listen to that. You do. Yeah. I'll send you the, maybe we can link it to in the yeah, show yeah, notes. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Because I think like that, it's interesting like to acknowledge the conversation about like, what is the ethical responsibility of these celebrities that have 20 million plus followers to disclose that they've gotten these procedures? Because it's obvious that it affects like sales of their products. Right. But then it's like, how can you say like your body positive or be interested with the trust of all of these people? Well, even if you're not saying your body positive, you're still greatly affecting people by not disclosing like, by letting them think that this is just a body you were either born with or like get by working out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what, that's kind of my position on it is like, do whatever you need to do to feel good in your body, but don't lie about it and yeah. like, don't hide it so that people like think that you just got there naturally. Totally. Yeah. It's hard because especially on social media, there's competing body types for like what is like perceived as the best. Like you have the Emiratas of the world Right. And then you're like, have, oh, pardon my docatot. Yeah. Just had a baby a week ago and I'm skinnier than you've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Like 90 pounds, literally. Like her hips didn't move. How the, f I don't understand the physics. 
don't understand, but also just different body type. You know, I was reading about, um, the Victoria's Secret fashion show prep today and, um, just in preparation for this episode. And one of the things that I found was Adriana Lima's prep starts Mm -hmm. six weeks before she eliminates all carbs and fat from her diet six weeks before the show. It's something like 12 days before the show, she stops eating all solid foods and she's drinking a gallon of water a day. Yep. And then the three days before the show, she cuts her gallon or her water intake in half. And then the day of the show, she doesn't drink or eat anything. I just like, how do you, if I do that for, Three hours, I will pass out or I try, cry. Yeah, I've tried to do a hundred juice cleanses like when I was in college and could never make it a day. Right. I remember like, it's just so crazy to think though that that's all the prep that goes into it. And like little high school, Emily was like crying her, her balls out, yeah. her balls out, crying her eyes out. <laughs> little high school, Emily was just crying her eyes out because she like didn't feel like she could just naturally like be this, you know? Right. And that was like we said in a time where like social media was not the same landscape that it is today. Yeah. And we didn't like know as much as we did. Right. And that's what like I do also want to talk about how the ideal body image has changed over time. I follow this like pictures in history or whatever account. And I came across this, these pictures of Marilyn Monroe, who's such a sex symbol. So beautiful. She was in like a blouse and, um, you know, tight skirt. And you could fully see her like stomach pouch, you know, it was just like her stomach and she looked great. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, I look like her. You right. know, like that looks like me. Right. That looks like how my stomach looks in that those kinds of clothes. And I was just like, it's so crazy that she was such a sex symbol. And now we have this idea that you have to be like real thin, flat stomach. And then now there's more kind of the idea of having like a thin waist and a huge ass and like big thighs the idea of being curvy, but only in a certain way. Yeah. It's all also specific. Like even as the image, the ideal body image changes, it still continues somehow to be very specific. Right. Well, it's, it's always just like telling you what it's supposed to be and look like. And like, if it's not like that, then you're wrong. And it's like, there's so many different kinds of bodies and no matter what everybody, everyone has things that they're insecure about and they idealize other people's bodies or other parts of people's bodies. So like somebody who's real thin and like has such a flat stomach is insecure about like how small their arms are or that they don't have a butt. And mm-hmm. somebody who's curvier and has a great butt is like insecure about not having a flat stomach or, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever insert body part here, like everybody has insecurities. The person that you think is like so gorgeous and perfect is insecure about their body. A hundred percent. I mean, there's at some point at least. Absolutely. I mean, all of us will be right. right? Like body image, I think is just one of those things that's so fluid because every day feels different. Like our body weights will fluctuate from day to day. Yeah. Like your mental space changes, your physical space changes. We're constantly going through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like not seeing it as such a terrible thing or like huge problem when we have those days where we're just like, it's okay to like, not feel fucking amazing in your body every single day. Right. That's normal given the landscape that we exist in being like marketed the, all these different versions of what the ideal body type is, you yeah, know? Well, and it's like how you respond to yourself mm-hmm. in that when you feel, when you have those thoughts and you feel bad about your body, it's like, okay, now how do you respond to yourself? Do you say like, yeah, you do fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Don't eat dinner and go run a mile. Or do you say, okay, it's okay not to feel great right now. I'm going to take care of myself and still feed myself 
healthy foods and nourish my body and not punish myself for this idea that I have about what I'm supposed to be like. Absolutely. Yeah. The other day, I mean, it felt really good just to acknowledge, like, I'm just not feeling great about my body today. Right. And just to have that be like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to drink water. I'm going to stretch. Like, I just did what right. felt You're good. You're going to do whatever. Yeah. Like, what you would normally do and just be like, okay, this is just like a bad, bad one today. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough out here. It's rough out here in these streets. Damn. It's brutal here. Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking, um, bring it on. Oh, oh it's, it's cold, cold out here. here. <laughs> there must be some Toros in the atmosphere. I, I said, oh, we, oh, we, oh, ice, 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 break it down. Okay. So do you have any final thoughts? No, I think like I'm excited to share the Marilyn Monroe post and different like body types as they've been promoted like across the decades just to show like we are all products of like where our time you know like there's nothing right or wrong about our body types they are what they are and they are beautiful vessels that house us and allow us to experience life in the physical realm 100 percent. and like the things that we are told about what is a good or not good body type are literally like made up yeah like who are all these people that say it's the men well, yeah, fuck the patriarchy, the patriarchy. obviously. Yeah, totally. I guess there is an answer to that question. <laughs> um, but that's, I think, just it elevates the importance even more so for us to be talking about it and just reassuring ourselves and others that like we are not broken just because we look, I mean, how we look. Right, 100%. Because even the people on the magazine covers, A, they're fo- photoshopped as shit and they aren't better or worse than us just because they have a body type that's on the cover of magazine, you know? Yeah, 100%. And like, there's so many perspectives to this. And I think the most important thing to remember is just that everybody has these experiences where they're insecure about their body. We definitely live in a world where like skinny people are praised and idolized. And so I do want to acknowledge that like there is like privilege out there honestly about that absolutely there's studies on this yeah exactly so that's something like that we can dig into and again I would like to have somebody with that perspective and like more of a lived experience to be able to speak to that but I do just want to acknowledge that like this is our experience and we recognize that we are privileged to be like within the realm of what is like the ideal or whatever totally yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, there's studies on like, yeah, job interviews. People are more likely to like receive jobs and stuff. There's just so much bias that exists, unfortunately. Yeah. And like people being like, oh, well, you're like not healthy. And it's like, you don't fucking know. Are you my doctor? Absolutely. You can't tell if somebody's healthy just by looking at them. Yeah. Like I'm the most fucking unhealthy person ever. Yeah. I mean, and thankfully now, no, you're not, by the way. I mean, I'm pretty unhealthy. <laughs> I think... I'm so glad that there are so many more voices now, I think more than there ever have been that are like representative of different body types. Um, and, and they're generating followings and having brand partnerships. And I think brands are becoming, I mean, they have to be more aware of diversity otherwise for commerce purposes, you know, when I go to sleep at night, I say thank you to the moon and the stars for Lizzo. Yeah. Right. She just had a brand partnership with Burberry, Burberry, Burberry. I couldn't tell you, honestly. I'm not sure. You know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, that's the plaid. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it's like a plaid corset. Oh, yeah, Fucking iconic. Fuck yes. 
I would love that. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We've traveled down so many rabbit holes. There's so much more to be said about this subject. Mm -hmm. So we would love it if you guys would let us know your perspectives, what more you want to hear, who you want to hear from, anything like that. We really want this to be a conversation. Yeah. You know, not, not just our perspective. So we would love to hear from you guys. And thank you so much for listening. Come talk to us on Instagram, comment, let us know what's up or just say hey. And be sure to subscribe and rate and review the podcast. Let us know if anything resonated with you and we'll see you next week. We love you so much. See you next week. Bye. Bye.